Welcome to Cocktails and Capital, the working on your business podcast that feels more like grabbing a drink with your best friend. I'm your host, Sarah Tatum, that best friend. I'm the owner of Tatum Accounting, where we invite our clients to take a vacation from their bookkeeping. In this podcast, I'm going to give it to you straight. Talking points and vague tips, we don't do that here. There's a bunch of noise out there in the entrepreneur community, especially when it relates to finances. And when you're trying to run your business, you just don't have time for that. And I know that you would rather be doing literally anything other than recording expenses and logging into your accounting software. So I'm bringing you practical advice without any of the fluff, just like your best friend would. So turn the volume up, grab your gin and tonic, and let's dive into this week's theme. Thank you for joining me for episode 20 of Cocktails and Capital. I just want to say thank you guys so, so, so much. I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. Thank you for staying with me for these last 20 episodes. I think this is like the craziest milestone for me of 2022 so far to not only have a podcast, but to be able to get to 20 episodes with all of the crazy things that are going on in life this year. Um, There is going to be a podcast episode coming up about like a deep dive into my 2022, what went right, what went wrong, what could have gone better. Um, And I just, again, want to say thank you guys for sticking with me through our break over the summer. Um, And thank you for sticking with me last week while we had a little break. I had a severe case of allergies and I could not get through five minutes of talking without pretty much coughing everything that I I just couldn't breathe. (laughs) So my brain is still trying to get there. So bear with me on this one. Um, And again, just thank you all so much for your support of Tatum Accounting of Cocktails and Capital. And I really enjoy putting this podcast out for you guys. And I'm just really glad to to get feedback from you guys and hear that y'all are enjoying it so much. So Uh, We're going to keep on going with it. And if you guys ever have any podcast ideas or things that you want to hear about, uh, please feel free to send me a message on Instagram or send me an email. Uh, You're always welcome to reach out via Instagram, though. That's the easiest and fastest way to get a hold of me uh, directly. Um, In other news, we had a webinar last week, Thursday, November 10th, um, about 1099 contractors and how to produce a 1099 NEC for your contractors uh, at year end, which is a super, super important thing that you have to do in order to maintain IRS compliance. Um, We also went over essentially what we went over last week in episode 19 of how to determine if you have an employee versus an independent contractor. And it was a really great webinar. Uh, We had a good amount of attendance and people had some really good questions. So it was a really good time. And I'm so thankful for y'all for joining. Um, the handout from the webinar is going to be available at our website, uh, tatumaccounting.com for purchase. So if you missed the webinar and you still have to file some 1099s, there is going to be a step-by-step guide on how to fill in a 1099, what apps I recommend using and things like that. So check out the website later this week, um, and that will be live on there for you guys to purchase. So anyway, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Um, So episode 20 is going to be all about contractors again, but how we're going to onboard those contractors. We want to have like a super smooth process for onboarding our contractors. And 
a lot of that involves apps. I mean, apps are the way of life these days. We have them all on our phone. You have them in your day-to-day -day routine for work. Um, and what I mean by apps is not really like an actual app on your phone, but the software that you're using in order to onboard these contractors or pay them um, or make sure that your business is in order. QuickBooks Online, technically an app. Um, FreshBooks, an app. Uh, Zoom is technically an app. So those, that's what I'm talking about when we say apps. So we're going to dive into those. Um, I'm going to have three really great ones for you guys on how to help your onboarding process. But first thing we're going to do is we're going to do like a refresher of what is a contractor and what is an employee. So we're going to take a real quick break real quick, and then I will be right back with that. Are you ready to take a vacation from your bookkeeping? But your business is not quite there yet. At Tatum Accounting, we have plans that scale with your business, making them affordable at every stage. For the business owner who needs help with their accounting, but maybe is not ready to completely outsource their books, check out our new Office Hours package. With Office Hours, you get access to our private Facebook group filled with educational resources, webinars, and tools to make managing your books so much easier. The best part? Private, weekly, one-on-one -on -one support. Jump on weekly calls with an accountant to discuss anything and everything. Pricing, expenses, QuickBooks. We're here to get your questions answered. For just $150 a month, sign up for our office hours by visiting tatumaccounting.com forward slash office dash hours. Or visit our show notes for the link. Now, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so we're going to onboard a contractor, right? But first we have to figure out what is a contractor versus an employee. Now we went over this pretty in depth in episode 19, but we're just gonna do a real quick overview again, um, just so that it's fresh in your brain and you know what I'm talking about in this episode. So how do you know that you have a contractor instead of having to engage this person that you're looking to hire as an employee? The number one factor here is control. Do you have control over how this person performs their work? Do you have control over the output that this person gives you when the work is done? How are you paying this person? Are they setting their rate? Are you setting their rate? Are they invoicing you or are you determining a dollar amount of pay based on some other factor? The main factors here, two of them, Physical control, financial control. If you can just remember who has control in this situation, you can determine if you have a contractor or an employee. And that is my very quick uh, contractor versus employee situation. If you have any questions about contractors versus employees, please go back to episode 19 or come at me again, Instagram, email, whatever it might be, but please, please ask the question. This is a huge, huge issue as far as IRS audits and um, extra penalties and things like that. So this is something that you definitely want to make sure that you have correct on whether you have a contractor versus an employee. You could be subject to a lot of backup withholding if it were found that you misclassified a person as a contractor when they really should have been an employee. So definitely seek any legal advice that you might need or any tax advice that you might need from qualified professionals. It does not have to be me, but please find someone qualified, not TikTok. Okay. 
So is onboarding a contractor different than onboarding an employee? Yes, yes it is. So onboarding an employee, you're going to have a payroll service that you're using who might do the onboarding for you. Um, if you are looking into actually hiring employees, my recommendation for payroll is typically Gusto. However, we are working with a small company who is going to be our new outsource for payroll. Um, and if you are at all interested in outsourcing payroll through an actual human being and not a company like Gusto, then I am happy to put you guys in touch with them. With onboarding an employee, you're going to need things like W-4s. You're going to need I-9s, which verify employment eligibility within the U.S. You are going to need direct deposit forms. You're going to um, need to possibly participate in E-Verify, depending on if your state requires it. It's a good idea to participate in E-Verify regardless. Um, but definitely, if your state requires it, you do have to comply with that regulation. Uh, you're going to want to determine their rate of pay. You're going to want to set up performance reviews um, on a scheduled basis and all kinds of other things. So employees, a little bit of effort, right? We need staff handbooks and things like that. Contractors, on the other hand, super easy, <laughs> super, super easy. You need a uh, W-9. Always, always, always get a W-9. If you are not even anticipating paying this person more than $500 for services, get a W-9 regardless. I know that the limit, the base limit is $600 for the year, but you never know if you hire them for one project for $500, then you might hire them for another project for $250, and suddenly you're at $750 in revenue for that person. You have to provide a 1099 at that point. Now, what happens is, in certain situations with certain people, you pay that person $500 without a W-9, and then suddenly you're going to need to pay them another $250, and you're suddenly wanting a W-9. Some people who don't understand why W-9s are necessary or who are opposed to receiving 1099s, they might balk at you and they may have an issue with providing you a W-9. So always best practice to get your W-9 at the very beginning of any work that you're going to be doing with this contractor and just have it on hand because that situation is not one that you want to find yourself in because then you're essentially going to have to hold money hostage um, from this person until you receive a W-9 and that opens up so many more um, potholes in that relationship that could have continued to be a good relationship. The other thing that you don't want to run into is even if it's the first payment and you need a W-9 from that person, if you didn't get it at the onset of work, um, it's harder to get people to give you a W-9 once their money is involved. They, people will tend to feel threatened about their money. So get the W-9 in the beginning, avoid the issue later. Finally, uh, the last reason why it's very important to get a W-9 in the beginning of the relationship is say you hire somebody in February to do work for you and you've already paid them and you're good to go, but then you start working with somebody like me and I go, hey, this person really needs a 1099 in January. Where is their W-9? It's December. We're working together in December. And I'm telling you then that this person needs a 1099. Where is their W-9? What if that person is no longer there? What if you can't get a hold of them at that email anymore or their phone number doesn't work 
and you suddenly cannot get that W9 that we need in order to process that 1099. Well, the thing is, is that you are then going to be responsible for backup withholding on that person's 1099. So suddenly you are responsible for withholding a certain percentage of what you paid that person and holding it for them for the IRS. And that is just not something we want to get into. So moral of the story, get your W-9s <laughs> within your onboarding packet. Easy peasy, call it a day. All right, so in a nutshell, that is your W-9 um, and why it's so important. And I hope I've hammered that into your brain now. <laughs> so we'll move on. The other thing you're going to need is a contract, clearly. Um, contracts will typically be provided by the person that you are engaging, um, but you are always more than welcome to push forward your own contract for the work that's going to be done. Um, I would highly recommend, though, that you allow the other person's contract to be the word um, of the engagement. Any independent contractor that is running their own business for profit will be able to provide you with a contract for their services. Um, the other thing you're going to need, depending on the type of work that you are doing or that you are engaging with this person on, is a non-disclosure agreement or an NDA. If you are like me and you have sensitive client information that you're going to be sharing with this person so that they can get their work done, a non-disclosure agreement is going to be key. Um, it's a lot of people I've heard say that they don't hold up, but I'm going to get one signed regardless. And that is just me repeating my advice to you then. <laughs> the other things you're going to want when you're onboarding a contractor are some really great apps to help you get all this signed and get everything done. So W-9s, where are we going to collect our W-9? If the contractor is not going to provide you with a W-9 right off the bat, um, it may just not be in their train of thinking. What you can do is contract a service like tax1099.com and engage with them in order to collect W-9s. They will charge you $1 per W-9 collected. They will send the request for you. And then what you can do is you can do a taxpayer identification match on the 1099. Again, another dollar. Um, but what it allows you to do is to make sure that they, A, filled it out correctly per IRS guidelines and B, that they gave you the correct taxpayer information so that when you file your 1099 at the end of the year, it doesn't get kicked back by the IRS for having the wrong EIN number or social security number. The other thing that you're going to want is a data collection system for their um, contract, for their payment information and things like that. What you can do is you can always run payments through something like bill.com. You can run payments through another service called Milio. It's M-E-L-I-O. And that is a free business to business payment option. Um, it's what we use for all of our clients and what I recommend to everybody. But Milio is a great option for business to business payments. The other thing that you can consider is how you're going to track this in your bookkeeping. Um, so when you're running it through QuickBooks, are you just going to run it under a blanket contract labor expense or is it cost of goods sold? Does it need to go on the top of your income statement under cost of goods sold and affect your bottom line? So these are all the things that we want to be thinking about when we're onboarding a contractor. Now, if you are the contractor yourself, I also have some really great apps for you to look into. Now, Contractor or contract E both want to be thinking about time management and 
how you're going to track the time that you're spending. If you are the contractor, the important thing to think about is how are you going to bill for the work that you're doing? Is it going to be a flat rate fee or is it going to be hourly? If it's going to be hourly, how are you going to track your time? There are so many great apps for this. You can go from Quackify to Toggle to Harvest to QuickBooks Time. Um, there's so many options for time tracking. I do not recommend using a spreadsheet for something like this because it is very difficult to have that update correctly. And if your formulas are ever in error, it could cause some issues on the back end for billing, cause confusion for your clients and just a host of issues that we could avoid. The other thing that you want to think about is your admin side. Are you going to be having your contract signed electronically or are they going to be hand signed? Would recommend electronic signature for everything. DocuSign is the most popular option out there and it is a great option. You can also use HelloSign, also a very great option. Um, and then your task management, and this is for the contractee and the contractor. How are you going to keep the project on track? How are you going to let the contractor know about updates to the project or update to the requirements? Something like Asana, ClickUp, Trello, all of those really great options. Monday is a great option. So all these are going to be really great options for communication, collaboration, task management, and just making sure that the project gets done on time because why hire a contractor if it's just going to delay the work that you need done? Right? <laughs> so all of that to say that that is where my recommendations would be for apps that you could use for your independent contractors or as the independent contractor. The main points that I want to highlight on this episode for you guys, though, is make sure you're communicating with your independent contractors. Make sure that you guys both have a very clear process in mind for the project that you're engaging on. Make sure that the expectations are clearly defined and written. Everything should be in writing. Um, and make sure that you have a good process in place as far as onboarding. There's really not a lot that you need for a contractor but you do need that W-9, you need a contract, and you need to know how this is going to be filled. If you do anything at all, just make sure you do those three things. You can add on so many things to this process. Um, and if you guys ever want to learn more about my contractor onboarding process, I'm happy to run through it with you guys so you can get an idea. Um, but just make sure you're communicating, make sure your expectations are clear and delivered. And please, please, please get that W-9 at the very beginning of the project. As always, if you guys have any questions about anything we went over today, uh, feel free to send me a message, send me an email, find me in the middle of Virginia somewhere and come ask me. Um, I am so, so thankful again for you guys for listening and I can't wait to see you next week right here. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and follow Tatum Accounting on Instagram. You can also do us a huge favor by leaving a review. It's the best way to support us. Let's catch up next week, same time, same place.